You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers bringing authentic, authoritative, exotic, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Each week, the T-Biz podcast summarizes news with the greatest impact on the tea industry. But tea requires far more nuanced coverage than the recitation of production volumes and commodity prices. That is why the T-Biz podcast is paired with the more inclusive T-Biz blog and Tea Journey magazine. The podcast offers a weekly mix of news and features. It is innovative and interactive permitting listeners to conveniently contact reporters at Origin to ask questions that are answered via text messages that are delivered privately to their phone. Welcome. Here are the headlines. First flush harvest underway. New tea price report. Tea relaxes blood vessels and celebrating the green. And now... Our first price report. This is Arvinda Anantraman reporting from Bengaluru, India. The tea season in India has well and truly begun. The Tea Board of India issued plucking dates to gardens 15th February for the Duars, Terai, and Bihar, 22nd for Darjeeling, Sikkim, Assam, and the Northeast. The Nilgiris doesn't close for winter, so production has been underway. This week we have some data from the south. Prices so far have remained at higher than 100 rupees a kg. The Hindu Business Line reports that sale number 6 in February saw some record prices when two grades of green tea from Pasco's Woodlands topped the auctions. One was a super fine green tea grade that sold at 321 rupees per kg. Another was the Mongra grade green tea which sold at 296 rupees per kg. Both Orthodox and CTCTs sold for between 200 and 265 rupees per kg. In Darjeeling, it's officially spring flush which means rhododendrons have bloomed. We hear it's a pleasant spring, although the expected winter rains are missing. Rains are expected this week, but it's still early to predict how the season will unfold. In Assam, the harvest is underway. Last week, most parts of Upper Assam, I'm told, enjoyed some rain. But tea producers are hoping for more rain to enjoy a good harvest. Tune in each week as we report on how the tea market is faring as the season progresses. More in a minute, but first, this important message. Avani empowers rural women practicing sustainable agriculture, including tea and crafts, such as weaving with natural fiber and plant-based dyes. Up in the towering Himalayas, Kuman is one of India's oldest tea regions. Today, we raise our cups in the name of Avani Kuman a nonprofit dedicated to strengthening farming communities. Cheers to a brighter future for all. 
To donate, visit avani-kuman.org. Droves of COVID-19 wary pluckers are working gardens in China, Sri Lanka, and India amid favorable weather after a dry winter. The Darjeeling first flush is underway. Consumer demand for premium tea increased during the pandemic and pricing is firm, but there is uncertainty throughout the entire supply chain as to when newly processed tea will reach market. Waiting times for obtaining a container space on a ship is now 3 to 10 weeks at rates 50 to 200% higher than mid-year. Wholesalers are raising shipping minimums and pricing significant increases due to these costs. Retailers that absorb some of the financial shock of 2020 project steep increases. Fewer aircraft are flying with many aircraft diverted to vaccine delivery. Consider the $38.25 cost of sending a 3-kilo parcel from Darjeeling to Paris or London, or the $39.60 cost to reach New York. A major Canadian supplier notified customers this week to expect an increase in its free freight threshold from $1,200 to $1,350. Business Insight Price volatility is a weekly concern, which is why T-Biz is launching the T-Price Report. The podcast will report auction averages and prices for specific types of tea, drawing on many sources, including tea boards, traders, and the China Tea Marketing Association, which provides a benchmark for the 10 teas most commonly exported. We welcome comments and suggestions. The full report can be viewed at www.t-biz.com, Tea Price Report. Tea relaxes blood vessels. Compounds in both green and black tea result in significant vasodilation, according to the medical researchers whose work was published in the journal Cellular Physiology and Biochemistry. The findings could lead to the design of new blood pressure-lowering medications. Researchers at the University of Copenhagen and the University of California, Irvine, found that tea catechins activate protein found in the smooth muscle that lines blood vessels. The catechins cause potassium ions to exit cells, reducing cellular excitability. Researchers note that tea has long been uh, known to reduce blood pressure. Understanding the precise mechanism could be helpful in reducing hypertension the number one risk factor for global cardiovascular disease and death. Celebrating the green. Relevant brands are pervasively innovative. Consider the collaboration announced this week between Hershey's Chocolate Syrup and Kung Fu Tea. Then there's matcha. 800 years ago, the practice of grinding tea leaves into powder was already centuries old, but Japanese growers near Kyoto advanced the craft by improving the quality of tincture. The result was emerald matcha. Globally, matcha is projected to maintain steady growth of 4.6% through 2026, more than double the rate of tea overall. This is due, in part, to the versatility of matcha, which is used in many baked dishes, confectionery, ice cream, smoothies, and juice drinks. 
The monks who created matcha would probably not recognize the shamrock tea introduced by Starbucks for St. Patrick's Day next week, but they would surely taste the matcha in its blend of green tea latte made with coconut milk and a splash of lemonade with two scoops of vanilla bean powder. Business Insight Starbucks, one of the biggest tea retailers in the world, announced last week it will no longer sweeten its iced tea. Consumers can add as much cane sugar as they like at no additional charge, but unsweetened tea is the new default, making tea a zero-calorie menu option. Q-Trade Teas works with tea purveyors at every scale, from promising startups to the world's largest multinational beverage brands in the hot, iced, and bottled tea segments. With U.S.-based formulation, blending, and packaging services, Q-Trade can help you innovate, scale up, and grow your specialty tea brand. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. This week, T-Biz travels to Japan on the 10th anniversary of the Tohoku Earthquake, a seismic event so powerful that it shifted the Earth's axis and tested both the resolve and resilience of Japan's tea industry. And, in recognition of International Women's Day, we visit with the directors of Thirst, the Roundtable for Sustainable Tea, an organization committed to respect the rights of workers and farmers. The devastation of the March 11, 2011, Tohoku quake along the northern coast of Japan was near total. 465,000 people were displaced by a gigantic surge that spawned 40-meter waves towering 133 feet higher than a 12-story building in some inlets. The toll in lives exceeded 18,000, and the 40 trillion yen in damage that day makes the 9.0 quake the costliest natural disaster in human history. The following winter was harsh, as many sheltered in temporary lodging or with relatives housed beyond the 200 square miles of inundated coastal land. 500 miles south of the destruction, Yasuharu Matsumoto, vice president of the Kyoto Ubuwu Tea Plantations, called for volunteers to travel north on a mission motivated by kindness. Ten months after the tsunami, the flotsam and rubble remained, with buses and boats precariously balanced on rooftops of multi-story buildings. Matsu, when we first met ten years ago, you told me that tea is restorative, that it brings relief in difficult times. Moved emotionally by the continued suffering of your country months after the quake, you organized a group of tea growers and volunteers to travel north in the middle of winter. The caravan is three weeks, and I visited around 40 places during 2,000 kilometers of caravan uh, tour. I met a lot of victims, how to say, casualties of tsunami. I poured more over 100 
uh, over a thousand cups of tea to them. Elise Peterson, a former Peace Corps volunteer, was a student in Hawaii completing work on an MBA with a focus on Japan and a deep fascination with tea when she heard the call for volunteers. The, the tea relief caravan, that was actually my first my first time going to Japan. I landed in Osaka and the next morning I took six different trains to, to make my way up to Tohoku, up to a, a small island village uh, where I met Matsu and the team. And we were just bringing a tea party. We brought no initiative, no propaganda, no message, just purely tea party. And uh, we had gone to a nursing home and it was freezing cold. So that was something that was always recurring in my head is how not only sad the event must have been, but just how how cold and kind of empty feeling it must have been during that time. So we were still traveling through these places that the the damage had not yet been cleaned up so that that sadness was in your face every day. The tea parties brought so much light and light and happiness to all of these, these communities. We were doing presentations in school classrooms with the children. We were doing them in nursing homes. We were doing them in community centers, having big dance parties and singing parties. They had so much capacity for happiness. There was not one frowning face at any of these tea parties that we went to. Peterson has since made tea her life's work, beginning as an intern at a tea farm in Kyoto and later founding Teelet a direct-trade tea supplier in Las Vegas. The ad hoc relief effort was both chaotic and cathartic. Matsu packed 10 into the van with chase cars joining. He said that he would phone ahead to speak to emergency services providers in the next village. Local media covered the adventure. Some calls were from victims inviting them to visit. The caravan might stop at a bazaar midday or brew tea at tables in a parking lot. At the Namchi Bazaar, Sunsuki Matsu, a student skilled in the violin, played selections for the crowd, leading Matsu to dance about in joy. At each stop, grateful recipients signed a poster that was soon covered with hundreds of names as the caravan pulled into Tokyo for its final stop in February 2012. Matsu was 36 at the time. A decade later, he poignantly recalls a conversation with one elderly victim. The tea is totally different from water. One of them told me that she drank lots of water in the evacuation places and from the tsunami days. And the water can be survived on my life. Uh, but today, I drank tea with you, and uh, I felt a totally different feeling from uh, the water. I just sitting next to you, and uh, I drank the tea. And I, how to say, the tea absorbed into my heart. So I could live with water, but uh, the tea could live my heart how to say it? heart can could live with tea i can open my heart to you and i can tell this story to you that's why tea and water is totally different she said so the story changed me 
I know the difference of the tea and water, but the prospection uh, is totally different. The conversation. This is the the largest impact for me during the caravan. So I believe more power of tea. Thirst is a UK-based charity committed to gender equity in a fair wage. Quote, tea workers are trapped in a 19th century system that creates poverty and suffering, end quote, according to founder Sabita Banerjee. In a conversation with Arvinda Anantharaman, she says that no one in the tea industry intentionally abuses human rights, but inequality is deeply embedded, requiring systemic change. This Women's Day, we talk to Shabita Banerjee and Krishanti Dharmaraj from Thirst, the International Roundtable for Sustainable Tea. Shabita was born and raised in tea gardens in Munnar and Assam in India. She's an economic justice advisor and the founder and CEO of Thirst. Krishanti is a Thirst trustee and executive director of the Center for Women's Global Leadership in New York and co-founder of Wild for Human Rights, that's the Women's Institute for Leadership Development. Where do we stand with respect to women's rights in the tea industry? You know, there's a lot of talk about labor rights on on tea, tea plantations all over the world, but very much so in India as well. And actually, the majority of workers, particularly at the lowest paid level, the tea pluckers, are women. Um, and you know, the the um, industry talks about women having delicate fingers and being able to pluck the two leaves and a bud. But uh, when I've spoken to women workers myself in the duars, for example, and asked them, why do you think that there's more women employed at this level? They said, because we are easier to boss. So, you know, they are um, aware of, of their situation. And I think, you know, just the vast numbers of women that are working um, in tea plantations and are, and are kind of stuck at that lowest paid level and often, you know, don't have the kind of education or the empowerment to be able to stand up for their rights as they should be. Um, and so, you know, it's important because it's the right thing to do to empower them, but it's also important because it's such a major element of the tea industry. So I, I wanted to say it is the right thing to do as well as it's a smart thing to do. It's important to recognize that there's a structural nature to discrimination against women. That is not limited to the tea plantation, right? We see that at every level. But when you take gender and intersect that with class, with caste, right, and other uh, ethnicity, right, Uh, then at that point, the discrimination doubles, right? So when you look at the women who are in tea plantation, and I can speak for Sri Lanka, originally these were the, this was the Tamil community that went, that the British took from India to Sri Lanka. They are at the lowest level. They don't even, it was very recently that they were able to vote in Sri Lanka. So in that context, that systemic discrimination seeps through. And so when you see, even in spite of that systemic nature of discrimination, that women are rising up, that is extraordinary. And I think the tea plantations, the, the businesses, as well as government must pay attention to that uprising, however slow or fast it may be. 
And and that is the case on virtually every tea growing area all over the world, but particularly in India, the the workers do tend to come from another part of that country, a poorer part, a, a more vulnerable part. And so very often they are members of, um, as well as being vulnerable as women, they're also vulnerable as migrants, as lower caste, as tribal people, as, as Krishanti says. And so there is a particular vulnerability there um, in tea estates. Shobita, you've seen firsthand what empowerment looks like in Munar. Uh, tell us about that. I had gone to visit my my birthplace, Munar, and um, it just happened that that same day, um, the upra- uprising of um, women workers had just begun. It was really an, an, an unprecedented um, event that these thousands of women went on strike. Um, and they were not only striking against management, but also against the trade unions. They said that the trade unions are male dominated and that they are not representing the, the, the women workers um, fairly or um, effectively. And so for, for many, many days, they they stayed on strike. They did hunger strikes. They were not allowed to negotiate with the employers and the government as part of the tripartite pay negotiations because they weren't a formal trade union. But um, the um, the uh, chief minister of Kerala agreed to talk to them, agreed with some of their demands. And subsequently, that group of women has formed a trade union. So, you know, it probably is one of the few genuinely representative of women workers, trade unions that, that there is um, in the tea industry. When when you see a woman really receiving her paycheck, her face looks very different on that day than any other day. So part of it, and most of the time, at least for Sri Lanka, there was a time where the husband got the money because he was the able was able to sign for the paycheck, even to put the thumbprint. So there's been a shift. So that is the first shift that for the first time to be able to feel like I am the caretaker of my family. And because of her hands, right, she is the caretaker. Because it is for her hands that the entire family gets not only paid, right, but the ability to stay in that tea estate. Mm-hmm. So what you need to recognize that if she is taking up to actually striking, right, and pausing her work, that is not an easy decision for her. So it, she's got to really realize, the women have to realize that there's no other way but to strike, right? There's no other way out. So it is not a decision that tea, uh, the women in the estates would take lightly. They would take that decision only because there is nowhere else to go. But at that moment, when they choose to make, when they have made that decision, then there's nothing else that will stop them because there's nothing else to lose. So um, the women were all um, sitting on the ground outside the, um, the the head office of the company, and the men were in a side street, and they were kind of messing around and 
um, they had thrown lots of tea leaves on the road and they were picking up armfuls of these tea leaves and throwing them at par passing cars and, and laughing. It was a kind of festival atmosphere for them. They were like, they were being like naughty schoolboys. And meanwhile, just round the corner, this sea of very serious um, women were, were sitting there and they had brought not only the, the tea industry to a standstill that day or that week, but also the tourism industry because they were sitting on the main road through, through Munar. So they were not to be messed with, those women. And, you know, they were very consciously keeping the men out of it because they were saying, we are the ones that do the work. Um, and so we are going to speak up for ourselves. Well, I mean, the um, the women in um, Munar, um, they were demanding better pay. Um, they were demanding all the things that are promised to them under the Plantation Labour Act, which was, you know, decent housing, healthcare, education, you know, for free on top of their their uh, on top of a, a decent wage. And I think, you know, a lot of outsiders look into this situation and say, actually, this situation is not really sustainable. A company can't provide all those things that a government would normally provide and pay decent wages, especially as they're not being paid necessarily a very fair price for the tea. Um, but when you talk to workers themselves, because they've been in that situation for many, many generations, it's sometimes hard for them to see what life might be like without all of those supports. So, so often they say, no, we do want to keep the, the rations and the benefits that are provided rather than, you know, it's just it's almost like their prison is also their safety net. So if you take it within the context, yes, they want to make sure that the housing is there. They want running water, right? They want to have toilets that have doors, right? They need to be able to take showers. So, so when you're looking at the basics, they're looking at economic, social, and cultural rights to be in place that India and most of these countries have already signed on to that human rights treaty. And it only is provided for some over others. Education, they want everything that any regular citizen would want. Access to education, housing, healthcare, decent work, sanitation, and ability to express themselves, you know, in their job. And the education, um, everywhere I went, every tea worker I spoke to wanted to get a decent education for their children so that they wouldn't have to work in tea, tea plantations anymore. I mean, the other part of it is like when you take, then when you ask, is there anything else you want? And the first thing they say is, I want to be treated well as a human being. With respect. That they know they can't get in this system. So they would, they would compromise their right to dignity to have the basics for their family. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and T-experts? Contact them direct through Subtext, a private message-based platform. Avoid the chaos of social media and start a conversation that matters. Subtext's message-based platform lets you privately ask meaningful questions of the T-experts, academics, and T-Biz journalists reporting from the T-Lands. 
you see their responses via SMS texts, which are sent direct to your phone. Visit our website and subscribe to Subtext to instantly connect with the most connected people in T. Remember to visit the TBiz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.